This week on the podcast, we are joined by friend of the show, Max. We talk about They Stirred. I review the new update for the baby in yellow, and we've got some suggestions for you for this Halloween. All of that and more in this week's episode of Next to Nothing. Roll the intro. Hello and welcome to Next to Nothing, a podcast for gamers on a budget. I'm your host, Danny Kay. With me, as always, the wonderful, the beautiful, the Mr. Green Elite. How you doing, Green? I'm doing okay. I'm surviving. I'm living. Do you... I'm, uh, trying to deal with some stuff, but other than that, I'm doing good. I say, do you want to elaborate on that right now? I I am like 99% sure someone stole my PlayStation account information. So... Best start of those. Yeah. Yeah, so if you guys see Green talking, <laughs> he's probably he's probably dealing with customer service. Uh, with us, the Spooky, the Uki, the Mendachi. Mendachi, how you doing, dude? I'm doing good. I uh, I dig that. I am definitely Uki. I am pretty spooky, but uh, I'm doing great, man. Uh, fucking Dune is awesome. Let the spice flow, baby. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, I'm gonna have to talk to you like later after the show to see how good Dune actually is. Oh, um, uh, Dune is one of those things like I just hear Uber nerds talk about, so I have no idea how like how to actually take that's it. Me. That's me. <laughs> that's me. Yeah. Max, welcome to the show. First time being on the show. Hey, how's it going? doing fantastic for those who don't know who you are what do you do where can people find you um i am a uh a twitch streamer uh, i stream mostly pokemon stuff in fact i just finished a, the pokemon platinum uh series as a nuzlocke it's a challenge mode basically a self-imposed challenge mode um it, it's a lot of fun um you can find me here on twitch uh maximus decimus Yes, guys, links will be in the description as always. Of course, guys, thank you for watching and listening to the show. If you miss any part of the show, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you want to join us live, you can find us on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time on my Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash Danny K. That's D-A-N-I-E-C-A-E. Of course, you want to be a part of the show, you can always answer the question of the week this week. Pretty predictable question, I would say. Our question is, what are you dressing up for on Halloween? Let's uh, start with you, Max. Are you dressing up? Uh, I feel like uh, just being myself is scary enough. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to just stick with that. Um, but if honestly, if I had a bit of, bit of money, I'd probably do some dressing up. Um, one of my favorite characters that I think I could dress up as that'd be a lot of fun would be uh Udyr from League of Legends. Um he's, that'd be dope. Uh, he's a like a wild shaman looking dude. Pretty cool. Mm. Mindachi, are you dressing up? Hell yeah. So we've actually got our um in person D D game on Halloween. Ooh. Uh and my 
party doesn't know that I'm going to do something special for them. But uh, some of them are going to cosplay their characters, I and the DM, so I'm torn between either just doing a rugged Ryu, which is a secondary costume in Street Fighter V Ryu, where he's got a big old beard, bushy hair and shit, or um, because I've got this fucking karate gi that I've been holding on to for some, I don't know, comedic bit that I just never did. <laughs> um, and I also have some plate mail for Renfest. I might do nice. a multi-classed character. So I might be a monk fighter. <laughs> we'll fucking find out, man. <laughs> but there will be pictures. Monk fighter paladin, let's go. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> the insanity. Green, are you dressing up this Halloween? Absolutely not, no. <laughs> Dude, come on, bro. Come on. No, I don't have enough time for that. You, you, know, what I'm, got you know what I'm going to be this Halloween? The same thing I am every year, the birthday boy. hey <laughs> Happy birthday. Uh, speaking of Halloween, guys, don't forget the Spookathon. This Sunday... At 7 p.m., I'm going to be live with Revsven reading your scary stories. If you guys want to be considered for the Spookathon, get your story submitted by 12 p.m. Central Time on October 31st. The uh, best story will be chosen by the audience, and they will win a $50 Amazon gift card. So get your uh, get your uh, car, uh, get your story in, and uh, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm gonna win that though. So I mean, <laughs> true. Just saying. It is voted by the audience, by the way. So come on by, hear us read some stories. And uh, yeah. So the uh, the four of us, plus Biggs, hi, I'm Biggs. Uh, we were a part, or we, we did something this last weekend, and I, I kind of wanted to talk about it. Um, They stirred. Which is um, a zombie survival tabletop RPG by Dry River Gaming LLC, which you can get the quick start guide uh, to this game um, on HIO for a dollar. There's also a Kickstarter if you want to back the game, if you like it that much. Um, I will say, just as like transparency, I did have the pleasure of meeting the developer at 2D Con back in August uh, in Minneapolis. So if the dev sees this, hi. Hopefully you remember me. We did try your game. Um, he was a really friendly guy uh, and gave me a rundown how the game works uh, at the con, which was which was nice. Um, so I'm kind of kind of go over what came in the quick start guide, some of the rules. Um, you guys can jump in as we're as like I'm discussing the rules to like add stuff, and then we'll kind of go over um, like our our own general feelings of of the game. Um, and and how we felt it played out and stuff. Uh, does that sound good? Yeah. 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 Sorry, I'm yeah. I'm making sure that uh, I have I have things that play play please. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> so like I said, we did do a run of the game Saturday night using the quick start guide, uh, which is basically basically what I'm going to be reviewing. Um, it's the it's the version of the game that we did run. So that's what we're going to be reviewing. Uh, so keep that in mind if you are happening upon this um, and the full game has been released, uh, that this is really just the quick start guide. Um, our game will be put on YouTube in the coming weeks for anyone interested in how we ran the game. If you missed the live stream. Um, so yeah, 
look forward to that as well. Uh, the game is by design, pretty rules light and meant to facilitate creative and interesting scenarios uh, in role playing moments. It's really more role play heavy, I think, uh, than it is mechanics heavy. Um, kind of starting out with character creation, because I feel like that's where most players are going to be. Um, there are currently five classes in the quick start guide. There's mechanic, cop, EMT, jock and survivalist. Each character has three st uh, stats. There's brawn, grit and wiles. Uh, brawn is used for physical actions and attacks like swinging uh, an axe or breaking down a door. Uh, grit is like used to show toughness and like outlasting um, harsh conditions and stuff like that. Uh, wiles is is used for like intelligence or cleverness. Does that sound about right to you guys? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, characters don't have HP or rather your characters have conditions based on, um, like different injury states. So you have like superficial injuries you have, uh, what, what was it actually like all the way down the list? Just like superficial. Uh, so I actually have my character sheet right here. Yeah. So character sheets are kind of interesting looking, um, really nice because there's a lot of white space to put in any notes. A lot of areas down here for uh, like your favor um, kind of pieces here, as well as uh, like the different NPCs you may know or PCs. But um, yeah, so right up here we got superficial, which gives a negative one to all your stats, a serious wound that gives a, uh, let's see here. Yeah, roll at disadvantage. And then a critical wound, which is always, you always roll less than six. So, and then after that, you're dead. So at critical, by rules definition, you can't succeed. Pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's how I would, that's how I'd characterize that as well. Uh, you mentioned something interesting. Um, players uh, do get to create opportunities for world building and storytelling. Uh, they always owe a favor to a character and they are always owed a favor by a character when the game starts. So you can like come up with a character saying like, I know this, the, one of the, uh, one of the default ones is like a sheriff. I know the sheriff, um, and he owes me a favor because I gave him some, or I repaired his solar uh, panels. Um, I am owed, uh, I owe this character because, um, he gave me food when I was about to starve kind of thing. Um, so there's, uh, kind of built in world building, which is really nice. Um, and world building is another big part of the game and is more of a collaborative effort than the, it being on the shoulders of the GM. Um, I don't know how this is with a lot of other games, but I know just from running Dungeons and Dragons, it's like, okay, I have a lot to do. I have to like come up with maps. I have to come up with justifications, uh, for the entire, like, why are people here? What is the story that I want to have told? Um, I have to get all the stat blocks. I have to, uh, get all of this. Um, I have to come up with some branching things just in case like the, the, the party takes like the story in a direction totally different. Like, do I need to have things for improvisation? I don't know. Maybe. So in here, the, the, party the the i'm sorry the players 
help create the world in your session zero. We treated our uh, Discord chat for this as our session zero. Um, and in the quick start guide, they there is a list of locations, anomalies, um, points of interest that the character players get to pick. Like a bunker uh, where the rich and famous lived, but now it's been ransacked or it's been overrun by zombies. Uh, a mysterious uh, radio signal that nobody can decipher. Um, well, the uh, a long abandoned airport, stuff like that. So, um, filling out the map becomes a very uh, fluid uh, process. Like I didn't have any problems filling out the map and, and coming up with things uh, with a, with stories to to tell or scenarios to put the the, the party in, um, and just gives a lot less burden of planning on the uh, on the GM, which is really nice. Uh, how did you guys feel about like the session zero aspect of it? Who would like to go first? Because I've got I got words for they stirred. Well, I mean, we'll we'll start with uh, just the like the world building yeah. aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how did that session zero go for you, Mendachi? What'd you think? All right. So, as far as like the world building, I think that um, it does well in trimming the fat. I do kind of feel like it also trimmed a lot of meat. I believe that I kind of referred to it as uh, a very bony system. Um, I think it's nice, but at the same time, there's so much there that could be added. Uh, what are the benefits of some of these, some of the negatives, you know, something like that for the GM to kind of be able to keep in mind without having to come up with everything. Um, I feel like a lot of the things that are there in the quick start guide are more like how to put it almost like inspirational points. You know what I mean? Like something where you would go and you would read a couple like taglines or log lines to kind of get an idea forming in your head. So much of it is literally molded between you and the GM. Um, I would say perhaps if you're running this at home, have everybody talk to the GM separately and really build the location that ties your character together, like to the world or setting um, separately. So that like, if it does come to going to the location you're tied to, there's this sort of, um, oh, I guess like strangeness or unknown feeling between all of the other players. The only negative there is that uh, unless the GM really comes up with some cool like hooks and um, stuff unbeknownst to the player that it's tied to, you're going to know everything that there is to know about that location because that's, I'm guessing, and correct me if I'm wrong, Danny, there's nothing in the writing or content there that actually like, say, puts more meat to the bone, so to speak. Yeah, not really. Not really. Yeah. Um, it is very free flowing. Like the, the idea of, uh, like the mysterious signal, um, mm -hmm. which I thought was really cool. Like it got mm -hmm. my brain moving, but it's like, you know, leave it up to the GM. Um, and if they've got to essentially build, you know, for us, for our group, you had to build or come up with rough ideas for four different locations based on like what could happen unless, 
you know, like at which we kind of went with a side scenario, which to me was way cooler because like it kind of gave everyone like, yeah, I've got some history with this place, but that fucking shit doesn't matter. We're going to this other place that you guys don't mess with or haven't messed with. So I feel like almost all in all, it's better to go that way, but then to tie it back around, why have your character tied to a specific location if it doesn't offer anything to the character and only potentially to the group experience? Yeah. Uh, Max, how did you feel about it? Um, I thought I've got very similar feelings as Pandachi on this. Um, it did feel very, very bare bones. Um, I do like... Uh, the process that they were going with on that it is it definitely leaves you uh open to interpretations on how you want to actually build your world um i think if we have i'm assuming we're going to attempt to do a few more of these down the road and if we do it would be interesting to see uh how we would uh how we that we as a group would tie into the specific spots that we had picked yeah specifically you know so yeah. um yeah it it did it left me wanting more i i can say that it it is definitely a system that has some things that can be improved on um but it was definitely something that i want to try again mm-hmm. um one of the things that we we homebrewed as a group or you did Danny anyway was uh whenever we were uh, grasping at straws for something to, you know, uh, improve a situation, uh, you would roll a die to determine if uh, the material was there or not. Yeah. And um, I thought that was an excellent addition to the game. Absolutely. Hard agree. That was really great. There's yeah, there, and I'll kind of get into more of like how I felt the game system runs as a GM and I will, I will preface that by saying um, that, like, I've only ever run D&D. I haven't run any other systems other than D&D. Uh, my next, uh, I've never played any other systems except for D&D. So, um, yeah, I will preface, preface, preface it with that. Um, like, back into the rules and mechanics, unless, Green, did you have anything you want to add to the Session Zero, uh, like, in character building and stuff like that? Uh, the character building was pretty simple and, and effective, and uh, yeah, it was very loose. Which I mean, I wasn't like my normal D and D experiences, but like it was fun. Mm-hmm. I have I have no complaints on like session zero or like the world building in general. Yeah. Um. So getting back into the game itself, and and the mechanics and how it and what is there uh there's another score in the game called trouble that is used to create like a slow burning tension throughout the game um and uh i don't know i i really struggled with trouble um, yeah, that was a, that was a weird one, buddy. That was a definite curveball to yeah. keep in mind the whole time. Yeah. yeah. So the trouble score increases based on the roles of the players. It is it can cause antagonists to show up, storms to form, and other things that put players in danger. Um. To be 
honest, I really didn't follow it that well. Um, I sort of, I, I struggled to keep track of danger, uh, and, and keep track of like trouble score. And this just might be one of those things that you need another player to keep track of in the game. Um, uh, oh yeah. Not to step on your toes or anything, but I feel, uh, the trouble score didn't play as much a part, uh, in this particular game due to the injury that we were dealing with as well. Like that mm-hmm. kept our, I was surprised how much injury, uh, of just adjusted the roles. Like, oh, yeah. uh, we, I, I don't think I succeeded a single role without a problem, uh, just due to one injury. Yeah. At the game. Yeah, I, I feel like we we could, we did kind of gloss over like actions and combat and stuff. Um, the yeah. game requires, uh, for the most part, just a d. No, it actually just requires a d six, um, mm-hmm. to roll. And so your successes and failures are based on if you roll, um, how you roll for two d six. Uh, and so if you roll your two d six and you roll below a six, that's a failure. If you roll a seven, eight, or a nine, that's a success, but there's a trade-off. If you roll a 10, 11, or 12, uh, that's a success, there's no trade-off. And so the trade-off system is actually another really interesting thing um, that comes into play in which the DM, or the GM, sorry, uh, will present two options so we'll say like you are trying to break open a door uh, and you roll a seven on it. So uh, the trade-offs could be you break open the door, but when you do, it alerts like all the zombies that you're there. Or when you break open the door, you fall and break the thing that like break uh your radio mm-hmm. so there's there's two options that the d that that is presented to you by the gm and then you get to pick those two options um which is kind of nice like it it makes it so it's not so antagonistic like there's right. like an issue like we're in dnd where sometimes like a critical fail or something like that and the the player can feel as if the GM is just after them. Right. By mm-hmm. by presenting like something super negative and whatever else. And so it, it's less antagonistic uh in that in that sense. Um in terms of like the combat, how combat ran, I was a little the the there was like actions that the quick start guide provided, like ambush, drive away, escape but there wasn't regular combat action. So I just took it as if uh, Max is trying to shoot uh, an NPC, uh, he's just going to roll the dice and we'll see if he succeeds. That's I read it as well. That's kind of how I treated it. Uh, Green, how did you feel about how like actions and stuff played in this, in the game? Yeah, I definitely think the rolling, the rolling system was a little weird. Um, especially with like how much we've hit under six or like six or under, it was really tough to make anything like actually happen. Um, but then on the offside of that, like it, it did when we finally hit like a 10 or, 
or above, like it made it feel very rewarding. But, but I think, yeah, that's my biggest thing with the roll system. It almost feels like it's punishing you no matter what you do. Like, if you want to, like, we had Biggs uh, shoot at a zombie and he missed twice in a row point blank. So, which is crazy to me. So, I think the rule maybe like introduce like a little bit more of a wiggle room uh, would be would be great, but I don't know. Yeah, uh, Mendachi, what did you think of that? So I've played a couple different systems. Most recently, I've played a sci-fi tabletop called uh, Coriolis, and they have a really interesting thing um, where your stats, mods, et cetera, et cetera, all your numbers and everything like that equal how many d6 you get to throw starting off with like plus your one base die that you always get to throw no matter what you're doing and all you're looking for is a single six on that die so if you're throwing 10 d6 you have a you know at least a one in 10 chance for the dice to land on a six but obviously probability and odds go into that and I guess what I'm trying to get at here is that there are other systems that are kind of similar to this and try to tackle it in a way where you don't actually have to do a lot of math. I think that that's really good for they start. Uh, you literally have three numbers to look at. You either have a plus one, a zero, or a negative one. However, when you're trying to, you know, say, nail anything that's a 10 or above with 2d6 and either just a plus one, a nothing or a negative one, or in Max's case, where he suffered a single superficial wound uh, or injury very early on, like right before we really got into the shit. It was it, the first player role of the night. Yep, yep. Like it just kind of like fucked it, you know? Like obviously, it's up to the players to be good players and be like, hey, buddy, let me help you out. You know what I mean? And, um, I think that in that, either the system needs a little revamping because that is just fucking harsh uh, to get less than a 10 and essentially have a trade-off. And it's just that small margin. I believe that's what, 7, 8, and 9, where you have a trade-off. So it's like some success, but it also doesn't come with without anything bad. Like, that's pretty that's pretty rough. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It was it was weird. It was weird. So like you have a fifty percent chance of success, but not actually. I don't know. It's weird, you know, because obviously your 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 odds and everything change with your stats as well. Um, just a low probability of having much success. So it almost kind of makes a GM want to go into a more theater of the mind, more narrative driven kind of gameplay rather than dice gameplay. And the other thing is too, like to your end, Danny, when you were talking about the trouble system, dude, I would not be able to keep track of that. Uh, playing other tabletop games like Betrayal at uh, House on the Hill or uh, like Baldur's Gate of the same kind of thing where you have a haunt meter that's supposed to go up uh, over time depending on what cards and actions you kind of do in spring is kind of hard. It's better because everyone's a player in that aspect and everyone can kind of collectively remember the rules together and no one has to run the game. But if you're trying to run the game keep everything else in mind, keep it entertaining, and remember the trouble system. And on top of that, Danny, you were running a stream. 
<laughs> and you had overlays and scenes to pop off. That's nuts. Yeah, fuck that. I'm out. I'm not doing that. That sounds awful. Um, so major kudos to you for being able to pull it off. But um, yeah, it, it oh, was uh, me more, daddy. <laughs> yeah. no but seriously it's it's just one of those things like i don't i don't know how much the triple system really you know like what else did it really do for us you know what i mean it made things interesting near the end and like here and there but i could tell a lot of the things that were interesting that happened were things that you came up with either beforehand or on the fly which is a normal tabletop rpg experience so I'm just not so sure what the trouble system really added. And the dice rolls kind of made it feel like, well, fuck me. Is there a way that I can actually describe how to do this that makes it seem like so arbitrary and mundane of a thing that my GM won't ask me to roll these fucking dice and fail? You know what I mean? It's um, it's rough going, dude. It's rough going out there for a survivor. Yeah, yeah. Um, the game, yeah, the game definitely lends itself to feeling like a hardcore survival sim. Um, yeah, I'm looking through my notes. I mean, I'll, I'm gonna. Oh, uh, yeah, I do have a few more things I wanted to talk about before I really just kind of got my final opinions on this out. Um, I will say the quick start campaigns uh, was a pretty good uh, document, uh, which I found to be very helpful in, in crafting a story. I actually did run uh, one of the prepackaged campaign prompts, um, which was the like trip uh, an in-game NPC wants you to go collect some mold on a building um that he thinks might be of medical use um so that's what we ran uh i i, I kind of flavored it a little bit um hold up one second um my bad um sorry i i, I got some notifications there and it got me scared um <laughs> Uh, the, uh, but yeah, the quick start campaigns were good. Um, although I will say with like, without a lot of guidance from the guides, it did struggle to come up with things to do in terms of encounters and points of interest. So I had to create tables for those, um, that would help me like add interest. Um, but yeah, like overall, just kind of getting into my opinions and, and overall impressions of the system. Um, I think the game is too loose right now. Um, the rules don't cover a lot of things like character perception. Like how do I know if, if this, if Max's character knows where the enemy is, like, do I do a perception rule? Uh, well, there's no perception rule. So I guess I'm just going to essentially flip a coin. Right. Um, right. So there's like a lot of the, so like rules in in ways in which the characters can interact with the world around them are it's just too loose for my taste for my for my comfort level. Um, I think the in the full version there will be more clear rules on stuff like that and, and dynamics and how scores and abilities play a role in the game. Uh, up in the quick start guide, there just was a lot of guesswork and I don't know it wasn't. It, 
I didn't feel super duper comfortable doing all that guesswork. I think we got through it. I think everyone had a good time. I don't think I ruined any uh, anyone's time with the guesswork that I that I did. So I'm going to count that as a win. But yeah, it, it was a lot of guesswork on the, on this quick start guide. Again, I don't know what the full game is going to have. Hopefully it's not that as much um, as I did with the quick start guide. But yeah, um, kind of going around the table here uh just kind of getting some final thoughts um we'll start with green oh um okay we'll move on to max then <laughs> uh yeah um final thoughts on it uh i do like the system it is uh a little too loose for on i feel like it's more of a narrative uh driven uh system which is fine, but I feel uh, it does need some additional parts in the box before it's ready to ship. Yeah, Mandachi, what do you think? Uh, I've said I've said some of my some of my lines there. I do I do have a, a small write up, uh, like especially just two recommendations that are pretty big. Yeah, uh, adding a new ability stat called Wits to be your character's general intelligence that could also be your cognitive functions, your perception, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, to have your wits about you, to be able to understand the area around you as well as your general intelligence. With that, you could also have a new class that uses, say, the wits and wiles, which could be like a grifter. So, you know, someone that could essentially potentially be like your lock picking kind of person, your trap disarming kind of person, something like that. Weapons could use some damage stats. Enemies could be given some meat like HP or even general stats, how fast they can move, how they react to general difficulty. Um, think like challenge rating in D&D, like if you have something like, here's a challenge rating scenario for you, if they don't want to do like monster stats, be like, what would be difficult for two players would be if three zombies of like, you know, this kind of uh, general give and take, you know, stuff like that. And then um, something else, I've, I've already mentioned Coriolis, but Coriolis is fantastic, especially for players that don't want to do math. Your weapons do a set number for damage. One, two, three, whatever the hell it is. So it's like, if I get, if we use Baystard's normal uh, idea for you succeed or you fail, so like I use my, you know, Brawl or Brawn or what, what was it? Was it a strength? Brawn. It was. Brawn. Yeah. Brawn. Okay. So like, let's say I succeed my brawn and I hit them with my shitty little uh, nightstick that I had. Um, does that do one damage? Cool. Does a zombie have five HP? Neat. You know, like that's all it really needs. You don't have to go super complicated to just help the GM a little bit, but also kind of put in some meat in there. Unless you want it to be a Call of Cthulhu experience where combat literally means death. But if that was true it would be something more than zombies and you would have something less than like uh, a hunting rifle. Or we had, um, we at one point had that AR that used 308s, you know, like that was, that was a high powered gun, which obviously, you know, we end up um, getting into a firefight and uh, my character, Dr. Bright, uh, cut a zombie down with a fire ax. Like there was some action there. It's just like having to, do more of the guesswork, like you said, is kind of 
kind of wild in that it's just like a heavy reliance on the GM and the players to kind of make the game work. You have to really want it. But otherwise, I feel like the game has most of what you need for a tabletop experience, especially for a one shot. But I don't know, like as far as beyond that is like long form tabletop play. I don't really see it kind of I see it like melting pretty quick after a single session or two. Yeah, and I will say like one thing, if you watch the um, the one shot on YouTube and you're like, wow, there's not a lot of combat here. It's because I didn't exactly know what to do with combat. Um, there wasn't a ton of guidance from it, so I kind of avoided combat and went more for environmental uh, environmental encounters of sorts like, oh, hey, like your truck just got stuck in the mud or a pothole, was it? Um how are you guys going to get, you know, how are you guys going to get, uh, extract the mold? Are you guys, you know, the, the fire truck for your guys' knowledge was something I rolled on the fly. I had it, I had it in a table and just rolled to see like, Hey, like what is the thing that they're going to find? The fire truck was completely random. Um, that was like my favorite part, man. Like the shenanigans yeah. that ensued, the the gear from it, it was awesome. It felt like it was supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. So that's just you know another case of like the GM rolling with it, and you came in prepared with that table, and uh, you knew when to use it, man. And uh, you know if it wasn't for that, it would have been kind of interesting having to get through that building. But that means okay, now I have to populate this building with hazards or zombies and I don't have stats for those. Um, Try and jump the stairs. What happens if you fail at the stairs? Well, you're just going to get injured. Do I keep trying to jump up the the hazards or whatever until I'm like literally a crumpled basketball man and I can't do anything (laughs) and I die? You know, like it's kind of goofy. It kind of feels like you could actually just kind of kill yourself trying to move through the world but like that seems obvious but i mean in a really mundane dumb way yeah <laughs> yeah um green any final thoughts you want to give on uh they stirred i i genuinely enjoyed they stirred it was fun um i mean it did feel very basic which I, like i knew going into it it was going to be relatively basic it was supposed to be like an on the fly kind of thing uh, you know, very rules light, but like I feel like, yeah, it's just the rule system. I feel like it could use a little bit of improvement, maybe an extra stat in there, like uh, Mandachi said, with like intelligence or something like that. Um, maybe like adding like a perception kind of thing would be great too. But other than that, like, I mean, it, uh, it was as I expected, it was fun. Um, and you know, a few, a few tweaks to this game, I think, would be. It'd be a really good, like, on the fly, like, hey, I got this game. You guys want to play on a game night? Kind of three hours thing. It'd be, it'd be great. So, yeah. Um, one thing I will add to your, like, occasional game night thing this would lend itself pretty good to, like, an ongoing uh, campaign. Um, in the way that I think it would like, be a good break for uh, D&D or something like that, or like, 
people are maybe getting a little burnt out on like your fantasy world kind of situation. So you, you kind of break into like, you know, we haven't run this in a while. Let's go on ahead and like run an adventure for a quick night. You know, and it, it works out really well that way. Uh, Max, I don't think I got mm-hmm. final thoughts from you. Round us out here. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think we've covered basically everything. I will say that uh, the uh, the if we didn't have that fire engine, it was definitely going to be a different kind of night. Uh, that definitely made that encounter. So, yeah, kudos for you on. Uh, <laughs> I, did you was that table provided for you, or was that something you created? I created that table. Awesome. Yeah. I mean, then, yeah, dude. Big kudos. That's. That was an amazing addition. Yeah, so there, I made, I made a table of six outcomes. Mm-hmm. Um, the fire truck was the first roll. Uh, the when you guys found the beer truck, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the second roll that I that I did for on that table. That we completely disregarded. Um, completely disregarded. Yep. We're going back for a Boris. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit of a helicopter parent that entire time. I was like, no, we don't have enough med packs for all of the dumb shit we're going to get into. So we're going. Point. We're right. going now. Yeah. I do to have to say, good. The group, the group that we had was very fun, and oh, I yeah. really, very much enjoyed playing Boris. It was, it was a trip. So yeah. if you haven't. Make sure that you go to Danny's channel and watch the the uh, one shot because it was it was fantastic. There's a lot of laughs for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it I'll also be getting... got me like playing with you guys made me realize like you know there's there's a certain kind of like fun that you can have, especially with a group that you don't know how they're gonna act or react to anything you're gonna do, especially with a tabletop RPG. It made me like really want to play with you guys again because if that's how one random bullshit three-hour session where danny essentially just had to be nimbly bimbly about everything (laughs) if that's how that went i would like to see some other shit we could get up to in the future yeah yeah. and also don't think i didn't notice that whole nicholas cage impression with your doctor by the way (laughs) i knew i knew what you were doing the whole time Man, yeah, I, yeah, I was very surprised at how quickly our characters like came together. Uh, I'd be very interested in seeing how, like, a full fledged campaign of us stumbling around could develop into. Like, it'd be wild. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, guys, that's they stirred. You can find that on HIO. You can find our VOD on that coming up very soon on the YouTube channel. If you haven't already, go on ahead and subscribe to that. Um, yeah, so I'm going to uh, move from they stirred to the baby in yellow, which is a game that I played a while ago, but it got an update. Um, let's see. We played it. I think I reviewed it back in August. I think it's when I reviewed it. Um, and last week I got an email that it got an update just in time for Halloween. So I'm like, hell yeah. So I played it on uh, stream. Um, and I'm going to be honest. The game has pretty much remained the same, but they did add a few things that I like. Um, there is essentially an Easter egg hunt uh, for lost souls 
that you can find around the game map. Um, and when you find all six, you are able to open the toy chest and find different items. There is a basketball that you can use to play, um, that you can use to actually play with. There's like a hoop that you can throw the basketball through, which is pretty cool. Um, there is a train that you can run on a track. And then there's like this weird horror orb that like whispers, like sounds like demons in your head. They're deep in your skull. Um, and like are just awful. Um, and that thing will actually like kill you or send you like to the end game. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it's all about at all. Um, yeah, so that's not, uh, it's not terrifying at all. Um, you can leave the apartment this time and go to an elevator that tells you there's going to be another update coming this December. Um, and probably the biggest update in this game. You can put the baby in the oven and it does something. <laughs> oh boy. Um, I made a comment uh, in my last review that it's like, there's certain things that you can do. Like you can open up the oven, you can open up the fridge and open up the toilet. And when you put the baby in these things, it does nothing. They do something now. Um, when you put the uh, baby in the oven, the oven literally explodes. <laughs> like it like explodes and the baby like shoots out. <laughs> I would love to think that I'm the reason it's that's in the game. I would love to think that, but I'm not going to be that vain. <laughs> if only. If only. Um, but yeah, otherwise, uh, the game isn't super different from when I reviewed it the first time. Um, but I think with Halloween, literally in like, what is it, six days? Something like that? Yeah, I think that's math. Five that's days. Math. Five days. Um, yeah. if you haven't played it yet, birthday, Danny. man, I don't care enough. <laughs> I don't care enough to do math. Um, I barely care enough to mention it. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys haven't played it yet, this is a perfect time to play it. It's spooky. It's not super jump scary. Like there's a couple jump scares. Um, it's not gruesome. It's not. You know, it's not like shocking or anything like that. It's just spooky, kind of wholesome, mild horror. Like, it's not bad at all. Like, it's a it's a demon baby. Like, that's pretty that's pretty mild in terms of horror. Um, And it's not trying to gross you out or like jump scare you to death. So definitely worth checking out. I think the updates they did were fun. I really hope that I am the reason that they put in the exploding oven. But uh, I, like I said, I'm not going to be that vain and say I am. I just hope that they took cool, my. Though. Yeah, I just really hope they took my criticism to heart when I when I said I want something to, with the oven. <laughs> also, I, I do believe you also flushed the baby down the toilet. Yes, I did flush the baby down the toilet. The little shit. And then it projectile <laughs> shot into the wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did not um, the stream. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm really upset that I missed that. I got to see uh some of the clips that were made and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, um I uh I did catch uh that 
that is actually a, a play on uh, the king in yellow, which yeah. is kind of fun. So that's that's cool if you're into the Cthulhu mythos and stuff like that, which is also kind of funny. He had a little crown on his little little cute shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's like a recording that I think in the game, like it is like a recording of someone reading like part of the king in yellow. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, the, there's a there's a short period of time where you can get into the secret room in the game. Um, by the way, you can like run through the game multiple times still and have like have the same end ending. So it's not like you're going to find alternate endings right now still, um, because that was the first thing that I did with the first time that I go around on this game that I played it like. I think I played it like five times. I played through it five times trying to see if there's like alternate endings. Um, and every time I got like the same ending. So, uh, same situation here. Um, the secret room, you still have access the same way. Um, there's just a lot, there's cosmetic changes and there's, there's some additional elements to it, which is cool. Any other thoughts, questions? Looks cool, man. Looks fucking weird. I kind of want to play it. kind of wish I didn't want to play it, but I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's on HIO for free, so it's a it's an easy pickup. I can highly recommend this easy pickup. Well, here I go. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, guys. Anything else on on the on the baby in yellow? Uh, no. No. Uh, I'm going to watch the pod yeah, to see uh, cool. all the shenanigans. <laughs> yeah, i i might uh, I might go on ahead and just grab that vod and put it up on YouTube for you guys too. Um, but that'll be at a later time. Uh, let's take a quick break, guys. We'll be back. We'll be back in two minutes. If I can enunciate <laughs> the tip of the tongue, the teeth, the lips. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> guys, we'll be back in two minutes. Stay right there. Thanks for listening to the podcast. This year, I'm bringing you guys even more merch featuring a simple black design with our new logo. Get a classic eco tee for $18. Stay warm and cozy with our classic crew neck sweatshirt for $20. And stay cool with our tank tops for only $15. And of course, it wouldn't be a new merch lineup without some mugs. Get our new mug for $10 and brand new to our merch lineup, get a 20 ounce stainless steel tumbler for only $20. Prices subject to Teespring fees plus shipping and handling for more information see the link in the episode description there we are guys hey. welcome back hey. hey green are you hey how are you feeling you feeling a little... i'm feeling i'm feeling a little spicy feeling a little spicy feeling like maybe you need to get in your fucking corner I was on hold Green's for 30 minutes corner. to get my corner. All right, it's Green's Tech Corner. Green, take it away. All right, so RazorCon happened, um, which came with a plethora of announcements recently, in- including, or a little recently, including news on PC components, the RGB mask, Zephyr, gaming chairs, and the newest version of the Kraken headset, amongst other things. So Razor's coming in hard this year. Uh, PC components that were announced are as follows. The Hanbo Chroma All-in-One Liquid Cooler, um, which comes in both 240mm and 360mm size uh, for the radiators, which are pretty... They look pretty cool. Um, And then they also introduced their Kunai Chroma 
RGB case fans, 120 millimeter uh, face uh, case fans. I can't say speak today. Um, they also introduced a PWM fan controller, a Katana Chroma power supply uh, with RGB, of course, because why not? It's fucking Razor. They have to have RGB on everything. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, Tomahawk PC case, which is different from the the modular P, uh, PC that they also announced during uh, uh, RazorCon that we've known for a while has been coming. Um, this is just like an actual buildable uh, PC chassis, which actually looks pretty clean. I'm sure it's going to have a nice uh, price tag on it, as all Razer things do. Um, they also announced a Core X GPU box, uh, like an external GPU uh, system for laptops and Macs, and an addressable RGB controller. So um, definitely interesting that Razer's getting into the, the PC components other than just like peripherals. Um, a lot of it looks really nice. Um, I'm not, of course, a huge fan on RGB, but um, it does it does look interesting. They all look like they are well made from the the pictures that I've seen on the website. Um, Razer also announced their gaming chairs, which look pretty cool. I'm not huge into like gaming gaming chairs, like specific gaming chairs. Um, I usually stray away from those. Go for ergonomic chairs instead. Um, but they, you know, they kind of have like that almost like Secret Labs aesthetic to them, or they're like almost like a racing chair uh, meets comfort. Which I mean, as long as they're comfortable and you like the style, it's um, you know up to you. Um, definitely interested to see more on those coming up because uh, I I do like having my tushy and some comfortable things, but um, I'm pretty squared away with my chair now. So, and also. I believe a smartwatch is coming, um, and they partnered with Panary to bring that. Um, which I, they, they, the website doesn't have much on it. Um, it's just like essentially like a a teaser. It looks like a watch in like water. So I don't know if it'll be a smartwatch for sure, or if it will just be like a a regular watch with Razer branding on it. So. Um, they also announced the Kraken headset version three. That has a, a few models to it that are coming. Um, they had the Kraken V V three X, the regular Kraken V three, the Kraken V three Hypersense, um, and then it does of course have RGB on it. And I believe that there is a wireless model as well uh, of the Kraken V three. So. Um, if you like Razer headsets and you're interested in getting new ones, it might be something to come out. And then it's also announced the Barracuda X headset, um, which they say is like a uh, like a lower, like a wireless, but not like their top model headset. It's more of like a middle of the red head, uh, middle of the road headset. Like I think Kraken is supposed to be like their main line, like big boy headset. Um, but it does look pretty cool. It looks clean. Um, it almost looks similar to like a, a Steel Series headset or something that you've seen from Razer before, um, but a little bit more sleek. And it doesn't have like it's like a full top band piece instead of like ski mask material or something like that. Um, it does look pretty comfortable. I'm definitely interested in hearing the sound quality from those two. Um, one thing that the Razer Kraken 
is bringing to the table is they're calling calling it uh, hypersense intelligent haptics. Um, I'm not an audiophile, so I can't really like explain what that is. I don't know, Danny. Do you have like more information on haptics? What is haptics? Uh, I mean, I don't know what haptics are from an audio perspective, but like haptic controls are like like vibrations and stuff like that, like in in like controllers. Yeah. Yeah. So it might have like yeah, might have like a almost like physical feedback in your headset as well. That's pretty interesting. I don't know if I'd like that, but interesting nonetheless. Based on what I could dig up from it, that's about what it seems like. It's basically like subwoofer in the in the headset. Uh, kind of, kind of massage, tickle the tickle the inner ear a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. Like if you're playing a game, like you're playing like a battlefield or something like that, and an explosion goes off near you, and it kind of feels like there's like that boom actually in your head. I don't feel like I need that dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if yeah. I need that. I could see that being kind of cool, but I don't know if I need it. I don't um, know if I'd spend extra for it. Yeah. Personally. Because mm-hmm. it, it like it's the it's it, it doesn't come standard. You have to buy the one with hypersense too. Mm-hmm. Like if you want that experience, which I think is kind of nice too. So like you know what you're getting with like the Kraken V3 versus the you know the Kraken Hypersense yeah. V3. So, I think the biggest announcement, in in my opinion, is the the Razer Zephyr, which mm. they put a, a good emphasis on, which is the the RGB face mask. And <laughs> I do have to say, like, I think this is a neat idea. Um, I could do without, of course, the RGB. Yeah. Are you sure? But yeah. But uh, I think like the biggest pitch for me is like why I think this is a great idea is I feel like this should be something specifically geared to medical personnel including nurses because my fiance is a nurse as much as uh you know danny's uh, girlfriend is uh also in the, the profession um because they have to wear face masks and a lot of the times people you know it's, it's difficult to hear people with masks on and this not only does it have like the filtration and 95 filtration on it but it also has the ampli- voice amplification um, and it also has that glass piece, uh, or I don't, I don't know if it's going to be made purely of glass or if it's going to be like, uh, like plexi or um, plexi or yeah. Specs say it's plastic, so okay, it is plastic, it's, but it's see through. So like, if people are hard of hearing, they can also read lips, you know, read your lips. Uh, so that is, a, I think, is a, fun, a phenomenal product, especially uh, since this pandemic is not over yet. When we first talked about this. We thought it wasn't going to come out before before the pandemic was over, and fuck, we were wrong, horribly, horribly wrong. Especially it's a as good the, thing or a bad thing, you know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, good that Razor's putting it out. Bad that the pandemic has gone on this long and right. like will continue to go on for a while as yeah. this virus keeps, uh, you know, mutating and becoming different so yeah um i i for one i'm i'm cool with this product this uh this product i i tried to get on the um uh early access like testing for it and it didn't happen which i'm sad about but understandable who am i so yeah i, uh, would, I think it's a cool product yeah 
I think you and I are probably going to be like trying to get in on this so we can get it for our significant others. Yeah. And I don't know I don't know if our if like my fiance's like company will allow her to to take this there. Um but I think that it's cool that the you know it's like a rechargeable um I think the case is like the case is still doing like the cleaning, the the UV cleaning process mm-hmm. too, which is dope. Uh you know, you don't need to have the RGBs on, hopefully. You can you know you can just turn those off. Um, the filtration, like the the filters, are replaceable. Like you can take them out, clean them, stuff like that, which is mm. fantastic. So I like this product. If people yeah. are talking shit about this product, I think it's neat. I will say, I actually, I kind of want to pause real quick on the. Oops, I need to take a step back here. It does look a little on the gaudy side. If we look at the, um, oh, whoops, I feel like I overstepped my bounds here. Um. Not my balance, but like where I needed to be. Um, I want to find it quick in the. It looks a little gaudy when you actually look at it head on when someone's wearing it. Part of that, I think part of that too is the the way they're marketing it too. Mm -hmm. It feels like we're looking at a whole bunch of people uh, going to a con being like cyberpunky or they're going to a rave under like an underpass or something like if yeah. they actually focus on something more akin to like Danny green, like what you two are saying, that'd be awesome. Uh, for me, like I work in a um, government contract, a facility and uh, currently like we have to be vaccinated. So there's not really an option as far as that goes and masks aren't regulated where we are. It's just social distancing and everything, but I'm also a painter and it would be awesome if I could wear something like this at my job while I'm painting and everything. Uh, because otherwise when I speak, I sound like Bane. Um, <laughs> I have to like take my beard and like tuck it up into my face anyway. So, um, which, you know, obviously OSHA wouldn't appreciate that, but I appreciate my beard. Anyway, it, it's something that I'm actually kind of interested in. Like, at first, it's like, okay, this is kind of dumb. But until, like, uh, Green, when you started talking about this, I kind of started to see past the, the dumb marketing shit, which I think kind of plagues most of Razor's products. Yeah, I think that's the, the issue is definitely the marketing like they're pushing it towards like, you know, that cyberpunky futuristic face mask where, like, I feel like they should be pumping this more into the, like the, you know, like yeah, cool, it has RGB, but also it's you know the the you can still talk, and people can still fucking understand you. Yeah. Uh, and that's, like that's the big because one. of the speaker system, and then like the. Um, you know, the, the clear, the clear coating, and then the replaceable filters. Because, like, uh, you know, I, I feel like, especially hearing stories from like uh, a nurse on, like, especially older people who are hard of hearing, and like they see someone come in in the in the middle of the night wearing a regular cloth, you know, the regular uh, masks, the disposable masks. Yeah. And like, you know, that can be freaky, especially if you can't see someone's face and you're like dead asleep and you, maybe you have dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that. And just boom, someone walks in with a mask and you can't, see, you know, you don't know who they are. Um, I feel like this is a, a little bit better because you can still like see the person's mouth. Yeah. So, yeah. 
It's an I, interesting I feel like too. if they pulled a bit a bit further away from the Mad Max vibe and more towards the you know the the medical side, it would definitely sell a lot yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, I feel like this is definitely getting a bad rap because of like the whole the whole like rave esque style marketing. Yeah. I see so much more potential in this. Yeah, this is just very much so. Uh, I mean, Brent in the chat, buy gamers for gamers. That's exactly how they're trying to fucking market it. And it just comes off as cheesy and shallow and uh, makes it sound like this is the face mask that you're going to wear when you're going to go back to Evo, back into cons, packed in <laughs> tight like sardines in the middle of a pandemic. It's got lights. It's dumb. You know, but like... I, also, I like the fan the, system, too. Yeah. The fan system yeah. is so cool, because, like, that's one of the things I hate the most about wearing a mask, is that, like, it gets so insufferably hot. Mm-hmm. Like especially cloth masks. So like having essentially that those fan airflows. The only thing that I'm concerned about uh, is the battery life. Like yeah, how long is this battery life going to last on this? So yeah. this this write up does say that if you turn off the lights and you lower the fan speed, allows the mask to stay powered for up to eight hours. And that is from .esports.com that covered the RazorCon as well. Yeah. So that, that uh, might, website as well. I feel like they need to work on that a little bit more, especially if we push that into like the medical field, because a lot of a lot of like nursing positions are twelve hour days. Yeah. So yep. Yeah, it's gonna make you just barely halfway over uh, a shift, or even like interchangeable batteries would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So anything else on the Razor event, guys? No. Sir. No. No, really. No. I will say with those chairs coming. Yeah, yeah. that's about. Uh, I will say. Interested. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Max. Go ahead. Uh, I was just gonna say. Uh, I will say that uh, I was looking around to find like comparable items um, on this, and I couldn't really find a mask that was uh, as cool looking, for lack of a better word, uh, that was in the same price range as the Zephyr. So you know. that that were you know not too terribly marked up for being razor i definitely think that this k this uh this mask is probably the most uh uh like customer friendly non-hazmat-esque mask like there's other masks that like have like bluetooth speakers in them and stuff like that but they're still at the end of the day, masks. They look like masks. Uh, whereas this one's more of like a face covering. And like, I mean, it does look cool, but it also has like that speaker system in it that like, that that's my biggest pitch. Like, that's why I'm very interested in it. Like a lot of the, these other Bluetooth speakers, they're still just, they're the Bluetooth masks. They're really just cloths, cloth masks with a Bluetooth ear, earbud or speaker pushed into it. Yeah. So this is definitely a big step up from that. Yeah. It's yeah. practically a gas mask that is not a gas mask, you know. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Uh let's go on ahead. 
and get into some Halloween suggestions from us to you. Uh, we're going to offer up some games and then we're going to offer up a movie. Each of us are going to offer up a game and a movie. Uh, I'm going to start with games. My game suggestion, if you uh, couldn't guess, is going to be The Baby in Yellow. Good, spooky fun. Not too scary. Not gruesome. Just spooky. Go for it. Good time. Short playthrough. That's my suggestion. Let's go with you, Green. What do you got for a suggestion? So for games, I would have to say Alien Isolation. Um, it is fucking terrifying, especially in a... Um, especially when you like, that's the worst part. Like, you know what the game is about. It is still absolutely fucking terrifying (laughs) when you see the alien for the first time. It is fucking mortifying. Um, also phasmophobia is kind of cool too. I guess. I don't know if so. I'm sure Max is probably going to say something about it. I will 100% be speaking about it. Yeah. Yeah, Well, let's Max, you're next then. (laughs) All right. Uh, yeah, my my suggestion, hundred percent, gonna be phasmophobia. I hate uh, that game. It just it just got an update yesterday. Oh, mm, chef's kiss. Uh, they did add a few things to it. Yeah. It yeah it added a, a new mode, nightmare mode, uh, where uh, half the stuff that you brought automatically broken or missing, and you have to figure out how to find the ghosts with what remains. Mm. Uh, if the ghost hunts in nightmare mode and kills someone, uh, it extends the hunt. It doesn't stop it. And hunts are naturally go longer in nightmare mode. Uh-uh. So yeah, it's <laughs> me and my friends tried it out yesterday and uh, we made about five minutes before we're like, okay, we're going to, we're going to drop the setting back down and recoup <laughs> some losses here. Yeah. Uh, they also added a new map um, and four new ghosts. I mean, yeah, I, Hundred percent. These these developers know what they're doing. They are making an amazing game. I would definitely recommend it. Excellent, uh, Mandachi. What's your Halloween suggestion? Yeah, uh, for one thing, I think that I'm going to be hopping into Phasmophobia this weekend. Quite possibly, I think that there's a high likelihood. We'll see. We'll check it out. Um, as far as games go, though, uh, I highly recommend grabbing control um if you haven't heard anything about it yet that's surprising but in case you haven't it's a fantastic mind warping game uh plays well feels great story alone is enough to pull you all the way from the beginning to the end it's super nuts it's like a mix of scp creepypasta mixed with cosmic horror and it's directed by david lynch um not only that but it's super duper on sale right now pretty much everywhere so on steam you can get the ultimate edition that comes with two other massive chunks of dlc that drop in right at the end of the game so right after you beat that main story uh which is honestly somewhere around like 15 hours of gameplay uh you get an additional between those two like eight hours more of gameplay uh so on steam 
that's $39.99. It's been free on PS Plus, but currently it's only $15.99 all the way up until the 28th. So time's running out on that. Otherwise, it's usually $39.99. Um, on Xbox, the base game, I'm pretty sure is on Xbox Live Game Pass. I don't have it, so I couldn't really check. I didn't find an easy way to double check. But otherwise... Um, it's only eleven ninety nine, and the deluxe edition is thirty nine ninety nine. Uh, Game Pass might have an additional discount if you have that for the ultimate edition. Nice. Moving on to movies, uh, my movie suggestion is going to be the Dunwich Horror, which is just a good cheesy, uh, cheesy '60s horror uh, movie based on H.P. Uh, Lovecraft book of the same name. Not bad. Are you going to be blown away by it? No. But it's fun, cheesy, fun and cheesy. Uh, Green, your movie suggestion. Uh, I would have to say. Either the original Alien. Or one of arguably the best sequels ever made. Aliens. Which is fantastic. Such a great movie. Um, the aliens are fucking creepy. Um, especially in the first one, like that one is fucking terrifying um well both are terrifying um but the alien franchise is great just stop after like maybe three like the don't watch resurrection it's awful (laughs) but uh uh, yeah the aliens for the alien movies um or like classic slashers scream solid mint i don't do like paranormal horror because i'm a bitch like that but I like slashers, so. Excellent. Max, what do you got? I'm going to be watching uh, a family tradition of the Rocky Horror Picture Show for Halloween, for sure. It's uh, a good, funny, not-so-horror-based, you know, kind of Halloween-esque movie. Gotta love it. So good. Gotcha. Mendachi, round us out. All right. So this one actually came out this year. Uh, it's found on Shudder. Uh, hopefully you have that. If you don't, you can get a free trial, I think, for like seven days on Amazon Prime. But the film is called Endless. There is a short prequel movie, if you can find that, called Resolution. Same director, writers, etc. Um, it's about two brothers that escape a UFO death cult. And one of the brothers gets a videotape from one of the old cult members saying, hey, we're about to ascend. And they're like, oh, shit. Uh, Everyone we know from our childhood is going to die. And one of them's like, you know, I kind of want to go and visit them, you know, like one last time. And so from there, I won't spoil anything. The film opens up with with a quote that's not super concerning from H.P. Lovecraft which is the strongest emotion that we feel as humans is fear. The deepest fear we can experience is the fear of the unknown. And this film delivers that fucking hard and in spades in a very tangible way. Um, It was totally out of left field, saw it and thought, yeah, sure. Fuck it. I like UFO death cults. And um, yeah, wow, yeah, it's 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 won several awards, um, Sundance, Tribeca, um, Fantasia Film Festival, super nuts. Honestly, worth it. And if you forget 
to stop your subscription to Shutter after seven days, just watch everything on there. It's so good. So no quote from Marshall Applewhite, huh? Nothing yet, but they do bring up um, they do bring up Waco, I believe. Yeah, they, they the 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 movie about a UFO death cult brings up Waco and the Branch Davidians, but it doesn't bring up Heaven's Gate. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, they do make so a couple too- of jokes, like no jumpsuits, no matching Nikes, but instead of Kool Aid, they have beer. Well, I mean, a lot of beer. Jonestown wasn't anything other than like a it was like a, well I was gonna say they weren't like a UFO cult cult they were a socialist no. cult but anyways yeah um well, they were a fucking crazy cult that's what they were yeah so like they, they they definitely play around with cults a lot there's that I also watch VHS ninety four which that's fine too you can go watch that if you want to it's all right yeah <laughs> excellent guys. That's going to wrap up the show. That's our suggestions for uh, this Halloween. So hopefully you guys enjoy what's left of the spooky season. Don't forget to get yourself entered in for the, uh, the spookathon on uh, this Sunday night, 7 PM. The powerful and beautiful revs. Fen is going to be joining me reading some scary stories. If you want to get your chance at $50, uh, come on in and uh, submit a story by, uh, Seven. I'm sorry. By 12 p.m. on October 31st. Um. Yeah, that's gonna wrap up the show, guys. Uh, Green Elite, what do you got coming on your channel? I am probably gonna be playing some Hunt Showdown. Probably some New World. Oh, Mandachi, we lost you again. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. New World and Hunt Showdown. Hunt Hunt Showdown's event is like yeah, like the last time. It was pretty cool. Pretty excited. It's going for the next uh two weeks I, I just really want to get the skin that's in it um because it looks really cool it's called the hangman um for the legendary hunter skin so um want to get that unlocked um uh, so i've been playing hunt and yeah i'm trying to hit level 60 on new world it is a pain in the ass um if anyone talks me in like like really really tries hard to talk me into a scary game like phasmophobia or something like that i might this week because it is spooky season and it's the last week you're gonna have to try really really fucking hard but you might be successful because i will probably like oh well fuck it it's halloween week this is of course i'm just saying do it you little piss baby do it Phobia got an update yesterday. It did, which makes it even worse because that sounds fucking terrifying. <laughs> so, yeah. That's what, what, uh, what I got coming up. Uh, Twitch.tv forward slash Mr. Green Elite. You can also catch me on my TikTok and my YouTube and my Facebook accounts and my Twitter uh, and my Instagram. All t- Twitch. Or not Twitch.tv. Mr. Green Elite. Uh, except for TTV Mr. Green Elite on Instagram because someone stole my name and I hate them forever. Excellent. Max, sorry, I usually put the guest first and my reflexes just took me to Green Elite. Max, what's coming up on your channel? Uh, so, uh, since I'm mostly a Pokemon streamer, uh, just started uh, today, since I finished my previous Nuzlocke, I started a new one 
uh, called For the Homies, which is made by one of my uh, good friends, uh, Hero Elnaxo, who actually put me in the game as one of the uh, fights. It's a collection of like his friends' group, basically. He made the ROM. Uh, uh, it's in Fire Red. Going to be running that for the foreseeable future, uh, next two weeks. Uh, and then I've got uh, Dungeons and Dragons on Saturday, as I always do. I'm going to be doing a Halloween one shot, so that's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can find me on twitch.tv slash Maximus Decimus, uh, YouTube slash Maximus Decimus, I think, as well. Um, I do Wednesdays and Thursdays over there. And uh, yeah, so that's basically all the platforms. Running a stream a day is uh, a little rough, but I'm up to 210 now, so. Yeah. Nice. Mindachi, what's coming up on your channel? We got a few things, man. So where we can kind of put some mortar in between the bricks, we're going to have some Pathfinder Wrath of the Righteous. We're going to get back into back for blood. I'm considering doing a playthrough of Dark Souls 2 as uh, I definitely dodged that one, but have played all the others. Um, otherwise, I might do a Dark Souls remastered. I'm not sure. Otherwise, Brent and I will be doing a fun World War One Isle 2 uh, fighter pilot campaign together, where I will be his gunner, and he will do the fancy flying things. So when we get that figured out, we'll post it around. So otherwise, keep up to date with that. I'm on Twitch, Mindachi, uh, or on Twitter, Mindachi underscore TTV. And uh, yeah, I will shout to the high heavens because I have wanted to fly with Brent for so long. Uh, and I don't have to deal with any of the technical bullshit. I can just click and kill people. Nice. Um, coming up on my channel this Friday, we're doing a Call of Cthulhu one shot, uh, DM'd by my friend Quan. It's going to be me, Mr. Green Elite, uh, and some friends of ours, uh, which will be super fun. I've never uh, played Call of Cthulhu before, so, uh, that'll be this Friday night. Um, no stream Saturday because I want to spend some time with my uh, girlfriend. She wants to do uh, some some birthday stuff and, and just being hanging out. Uh, and then Saturday, uh, Sunday will be the Spookathon. Like I said, get your story in by 12 p.m. Central Time on October 31st. Get a chance for a $50 gift card. Join me. I'll be drinking, which will be really fun for you guys. Um, I have a bottle of mead that a really good friend got me for Christmas that I haven't uh, cracked open yet. So come on by enjoy reading some scary stories with me it'll be a blast um guys that's gonna wrap up the show this week thanks as always for watching and listening your time with us is always appreciated but of course we're not just interested in your time we want to know your opinions whether or not it was on um they stirred the baby in yellow the razor con uh some other halloween suggestions if you guys want to even answer the question of the week which is what are you dressing up for halloween let us know in the comments we want to hear from you um and we'll want to know your thoughts and your feelings on stuff so, uh, yeah, 
If you missed any part of the show or want to take us on the go, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are found. If you want to catch us live, you can find us on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time. Uh, if you guys like what we do and want to help support the show, you can drop a like, subscribe, and ring that bell on YouTube. It helps us out a ton. Absolutely helps us out a ton. If you really want to take that to the next level, the number one way to help us is by telling your friends. Guys, until next week, stay safe, stay healthy, keep fighting the good fights, and we'll talk to you guys again next week. Goodbye! Stay haunted. I love you. <laughs>